0: So tonight, what I want to do is settle us in talking about the law of the peace offering. Because again, peace is something that God wants us to have through faith in our relationship with him. And so as we come forward in part two of the peace offering, part two from last week, in verse 11, in this text, we read this. This is the law of the sacrifice of peace offering, which he or the individual shall offer to the Lord. If he offers it for a thanksgiving, then he shall offer with the sacrifice of thanksgiving unleavened cakes mixed with oil, unleavened wafers anointed with oil, or cakes of blended flour mixed with oil. Besides the cakes at his offering, he shall offer leavened bread with the sacrifice of thanksgiving of his peace offering, and from it he shall offer one cake from each offering as a heave offering to the Lord. It shall belong to the priest who sprinkles the blood of the peace offering. Remember, that's around the Um, the altar, you know, the sacrifice, the bronze altar outside the tabernacle, but in the courtyard. Verse 15, the flesh of the sacrifice of his peace offering for Thanksgiving shall be eaten the same day it is offered. He shall not leave any of it until morning. Now, so these are the details. This has more insight than what we read last week concerning the peace offering, because this is a sub offering under the peace offering. It's the Thanksgiving sacrifice. It's the sacrifice of thanksgiving. What's also interesting is I didn't read it, but we covered this Tuesday night. After this, there's also a sacrifice for the voluntary offering, which has different distinctions in this one, where you can eat it the first day, the second day, but don't touch it the third day, or everything is supposed to be is cancelled out and you're uh, an to the Lord. It, so We talked about how there's different details and distinctions with these offerings. And in this part of the law of the peace offering that we're looking at tonight, there is a sacrifice of thanksgiving. And we want to talk about this tonight. Last week, in talking about the peace offering, I talked about the necessity of praise and worship in the church, in the church gathering. If you were here and the study's available on the YouTube channel, Worship Generation, I covered in detail the biblical basis for corporate worship in the church And that uh, that's a non-negotiable for us. And so even Danny being here tonight, we talked to him on the phone. Like, hey, we're you know technically uh, there's a mandate that says we can't sing in church, and uh, we're singing, and uh, we'd be singing whatever, and that's just the way it is. Because you say, well, now why why did you take that stand? And because at some point you just have to decide you're going to trust the Lord in obedience to His Word. And I did cover this where Jesus sang with the apostles he's he going to the garden of his enemy to surrender uh, with humility to the cross for us we see the teaching of singing in the early church we see the example of singing and praising in the early church in the book of acts as well as instructing the epistles and then we see the church worshiping and praising jesus in heaven we didn't even touch on the old testament and we covered that so i just said last week that the board of elders here the religious excuse me the legal leaders of the church we are in full unity that this is a hill we're willing to stand on And it's a non-negotiable to sing praises to the Lord. And I think most of you fully agreed with me when I covered this last week. I mean, we're called worship generation, right? Like a couple people pointed out to me this week. And how can you not sing praises to the Lord when you're worship generation? But anyways, we covered that. And so tonight, as we look at this Thanksgiving text, I have found something very interesting. And since nothing's the same any week, right? Like we could have been remote tonight with just me and Ryland and Danny. But we do have people outside here. And we have people on live stream. We, it's just been so wonky for four months that everything's just fluid and God's a God of today, like I mentioned earlier. And so we're dealing with today. And on that note, I want to cover, I want to go forward from what I talked about worship and singing praise of the Lord last week in the church setting. I want to cover that. And connected to tonight with this Thanksgiving offering. Because singing praises to the Lord goes with the offering of thanksgiving in the subcategory of the peace offering. And that's what the Lord has shown me, and I wanna share with you tonight. So, tonight I'm gonna to do things a little different. I'm gonna to read to you a lot of verses, and almost like going through a chapter of Proverbs, and we're gonna look at them, and we're gonna consider these verses in relation to Thanksgiving before the Lord and their connection to singing praises to the Lord, and how God connected thanksgiving, giving him thanks, with singing in the congregational setting in both the Old Testament, the New Testament, and in the book of Revelation in heaven. So I want to affirm to you why we're singing from here to the day of Christ Jesus, because we're thankful, and I'm going to show you this tonight. And as I do, I do want to point out to you something interesting about this text, just contextually going forward, that this text has, as I mentioned, interesting details unique to it. So, in this offering of thanksgiving, the sacrifice of thanksgiving, I mean, you have the cake mixed with oil, the cake here, the cake there, and you have leavened bread. This is the only example of leavened bread in an offering. I'm like, that is so random. When I read it Tuesday night, I was like, leaven, like, how, like that's incredible. It's the only place you see it in the Bible. With the sacrifice of thanksgiving offering under the peace offering oversight, you had a leavened bread offering. And I'm sure there's quite a few opinions on that. It's not elaborated why it is that way, But it is that way. It's an offering of thanksgiving. And, you know, most of us have bread with leaven. Timmy makes fresh bread, my son, and brings it over a loaf every week. It's the best sourdough bread you've ever had. It's incredible. It's the COVID sourdough. And uh, it has leaven. And, you know, so anyways, it just could be part of that. But it's worth noting all these distinctions. So that's noteworthy. And it's also noteworthy that there's a special gift for the priest. He gets the heave offering. That's distinct. So he gets a cake. Did you see that? He gets a cake. Like here's your little, here's your little cake. Like the, the priest gets a cake. It's it's just unique. So there's a gift for the priest who does this offering on behalf of the individual. He does the blood around the altar like he would, but then he does. He gets this special cake. It's really cool. It's like a special cake. Here's your cake uh, for the Levite. And then there's a one day limit. So the Thanksgiving offering is about today. See. The voluntary offering that comes in the very next verse, in sequence of verses after this, it's about today, tomorrow, and don't do this thing on the third day. But this offering is all about today. It's about the here and now. In other words, the Thanksgiving gift is in the moment. It's being in the moment with special gifts and unique elements to it, with special blessings to the one who's even serving you in the the giving of the Thanksgiving gift. And it's strictly for today. It's all about today. Your thanks, your praise, your peace offering, macro Thanksgiving gift. Under that, it's all about today, the here and now. So let's talk about being thankful to the Lord today in the here and now. Now, you'll be challenged to keep up with me, but you possibly can. But I'm going to go through some Old Testament verses tonight and share them with you. And I'm going to start with the book of Psalms. And so in the book of Psalms, which is 150 chapters or 150 songs, like literally the whole book of the Bible about singing to the Lord. So, I mean, that stands out for itself. And the first book of Psalms were Psalms psalm 1 through 41 are written by david the man of god after god's own heart and i want to start tonight with psalm 30 in verse 4 and then verse 11 and 12 and show you this connecting to what i talked about singing last week and the necessity and the priority and the non-negotiable of compromising singing to the lord in church and connecting it now tonight with the sacrifice of thanksgiving under the peace offering so we can see how god puts these things together Verse 4 of Psalm 30, it's a psalm, it's a song as dedication of the house of David. It says, sing praise to the Lord, you saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holy name. So here in verse 4, we're singing praises to the Lord. We're singing praises to the Lord, and we're giving thanks to his holy name. So here we go. Praise to God vertically, we're singing, and it's from a thankful heart. We're giving thanks to him. And by the way, because a lot of this is Old Testament tonight, know this, that all Scripture is profitable for instruction, for doctrine, for reproof, correction, that the man or woman of God can be thoroughly equipped for every good work. No prophecy of Scripture ever came by private interpretation, but holy men of God spoke as God led them by his Spirit. So what we read in Psalms is totally applicable in principle and application for the church. Jesus came to fulfill the law and the prophets and the Psalms as well. In fact, he said in Luke chapter 24 concerning the Psalms, he said that if you search, he revealed to the apostles in his resurrected body how he fulfills the law, the prophets, and the Psalms. All right, so he's the focal point of this praise. Now look at verse 11 of Psalm thirty. You have turned for me. Think about us in COVID-19 right now, WG and guest. You have turned for me my mourning into dancing. Many of you know that verse. You have put off my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness to the end that my glory may sing praise to you and not be silent. O oh, Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. So see, it's a preview of eternity. And now this, this is the, the hat trick verse, by the way. This one's dancing, singing, and giving thanks. This is a hat trick. You can imagine I like this passage. It gives us insight to David dancing before the Lord. There's dancing here. And then the singing of praise and thanks. So there you see those three things together. Singing to the Lord with the bonus of dancing and thanking the Lord. Now, in Psalm 75, I want to read to you. I mean, I could read a lot of Psalms, but I picked some certain ones that I really liked and I felt were appropriate for our context tonight. In Psalm 75, bear with me, verse 1, and now the introduction to Psalm 75 says, to the chief musician set to do not destroy. That's the theme. You know, it's like, like the subtitle of the song. Do not destroy a psalm of Asaph, a song. We give thanks to you, O God. We give thanks. It's a song, and it's of Asaph. We give thanks to you. We give thanks to you, O God. That's what we're doing when Danny's leading us in worship. We're just praising the Lord. Psalm 92, if you want to turn ahead to Psalm 92, it says this. This is a psalm a song for the sabbath day so for me sunday is generally my sabbath day tomorrow's my sabbath day and we don't want to take a sabbath from the lord we want to spend a sabbath with the lord so on our day off we want the lord over all of it we call it salsa sunday whatever we we just love to praise the lord it's a song for the sabbath day verse one it is good to give thanks to the lord and to sing praises to your name O most high to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night on a instrument of 10 strings on the lute on the harp with harmonious sound. For you, Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will triumph in the works of your hand. So this is a song for your day off. And it's good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High. And now we got the instruments. So we had dancing on the other one. Now we got not only instruments, but skillful instruments with harmonious sound. That's like a DJ dropping beats kind of thing harmonious sound. It sounds good to the ear. That's what you got. And it, it's, a, it's that question of praise and triumph through our life in the Lord. And that's what we need right about now, body of Christ all over this planet. Humanity needs it, but they really want to have it. They got to come to Jesus. Therefore, having justified faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Got to come with the faith. But as many as received him, he gave the right to become the children of God. And then we can sing this song. Psalm 95 says this, Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. We're seeing the pattern here. We're going to sing to the Lord, the invitation of God's people collectively to come together. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let's go, WG. Let's come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Not because we understand what's going on, because we know who's in charge of things when it's all going on beyond our cognitive understandings and capacities. Let us come before his presence with Thanksgiving. When we come to church, and we're out here in the courtyard this weekend, and we might be in here next weekend, we might be out there next weekend, or who knows what next weekend weekend might hold for us. But as we gather in Jesus' name, let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms, or literally means songs. Now, let's keep going in the psalms. Let's look at Psalm 100. Psalm 100 is a song of praise for the Lord's faithfulness to his people. It's a psalm of thanksgiving. So WG, you're out over here, so I'm waving to you right now in the courtyard. This is a song of thanksgiving. Let us sing it tonight, July 18th. So it says, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. So this is an invitation to the world. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. So forget the communistic Marxist worldview of humanism. All right? It's God who made us. The Lord has made us, not ourselves. He made this country, he made everybody on this planet. He cares about all humanity. We are his people, the church and the sheep of his pasture, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. Us older people here tonight, the people younger than us, and our kids out here in the green belt, his truth endures to all generations. So we're going to praise his name. We're going to sing praises to him and we're going to sing praises of thanksgiving. Now Psalm 105. Psalm 105, the eternal faithfulness of the Lord is the title. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Sing to him. Sing psalms to him. Talk of his wondrous works. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those rejoice who seek the Lord. We're here tonight to seek the Lord. We're the church. We're here to receive from the Lord, but to seek the Lord. For the Bible says if we draw near the Lord, he'll draw near to us. So we're we're told here in verse 1, give thanks to the Lord and call upon his name and declare his deeds. I was able to do that today. I was at a paddle out in my hometown of Carlsbad for my good friend's wife who had passed away recently from Lou Gehrig's disease, which is the worst. We've seen it before. And there I saw many of my friends that I went to high school with and grew up with, hundreds of people. And I was able to share and to make known his deeds amongst the people. It was a wonderful day for me. I've got a lot of joy in it. It's what the the Lord gave me on this day, the 18th, for me personally, to go back to my hometown and see many people and declare on the beach the faithfulness and the wonders of the Lord. And we sing to him and we sing psalms to him here and we talk of his wondrous works and our hearts rejoice in the Lord. We seek the Lord and we rejoice in the Lord. It's who we are with the body of Christ. Now, one more psalm, Psalm 147, the back part of the book of Psalms. Psalm 147 says this 147, verse 7 Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving, sing praises on the harp to our God. So, (laughs) we're singing to the Lord with thanksgiving, and we're singing praises on the harp. That's Danny with his guitar. I mean, the harp is a stringed instrument. I mean, it's not like that kind of harp, but you know, Danny kind of plays guitar like a really good harpist plays a harp. That's what we're doing. We're singing praises. These words on the screen, man, we're singing praises to the Lord. And we got someone like Danny Don, spirit-filled with tongues of fire over his head, leading us in these songs. We're the church. That's what we do. We sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. We, we sing praises to him on the harp to God. Now, we come forward to the book of Daniel. Now, in Daniel chapter 6, verse 10, I want to point something out to you. This is a pretty famous passage, and many of you would know this passage. This is the passage that got them thrown in the lion's den. Now, he's not singing here, but I want to point out to you, he knew that the king's decree, that he was tricked into putting into law, irrevocable law, by the way, the Medes, the, the laws of the Medes, that you could not appeal to any god except the sovereign king for that 30-day period, and those enemies of Daniel knew that. That Daniel's custom was three, days, uh, three times a day to open his window, face Jerusalem, the place of central worship for a Jew, and give praise and offerings to the Lord. And so we read in Daniel chapter 6, verse 10, when Na- Daniel knew that the writing was signed, that is a law that cannot be reversed. Now, it's not funny law or emergency measure laws like we're under, you know, kind of ambiguous law. This is real law, like Medo-Persian law, like Book of Esther kind of law. And it says he knew that that writing was signed. And he knew that his faith supersedes that law. And he knew that the conviction of his heart, because he had purpose in his heart not to defile himself in chapter one. He's already grown up in a foreign country, speaking foreign languages because of the sins of his forefathers. And he was not going to make the same mistake. And it was his custom from his youth to open the window publicly and praise Yahweh and face Jerusalem. That's who he was. That's what he did. No decree is going to change who he is. Now, he could have said, I'm just going to close my window and pray. But he saw that as a compromise and a cowardly act for what he had demonstrated as a profession of his faith to all the people around him. And remember, he was one of three governors over the most powerful kingdom in the world. He wasn't going to capitulate that or compromise that. And so he knew that that decree had been written, and he still went home, and he opened his windows toward Jerusalem. He knelt down on his knees as was his custom three times a day, and he prayed and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since his days, his early days. So WG, body of Christ, there's a government decree that would have struck fear in one of the three most powerful people in the land. He is the equivalent of like, I don't know, like vice president, secretary of state, like that's what he is right here in the most powerful kingdom in the world with a law that's irrevocable a bad law constructed by evil men with an evil plot behind it to destroy Daniel and his faith and his witness. And he would not capitulate. He opened that window and he knew what was, he built, you know, we talk about this, what hill are you going to die on? I said last two weeks, I'm willing to die on the hill of worship in the church from here to eternity. I'm fine with that. This is his hill. He's willing to die on this hill. We talk about the courage of Daniel. There was a law that said you can't do that. What, that I can't pray to God and face Jerusalem, the central place of worship, where God's glory left, according to the prophet Ezekiel, who's down the street saying this stuff? No, he did what was right because the higher law is to do what's right. Because sometimes there's bad laws contrary to God's law, and the higher law of God supersedes the bad laws of men. Whether they're malicious or evil in those laws, they supersede it either way. Now, we know that Daniel was preserved in the lion's den. Even if he, he wasn't, he wasn't going to change who he was. To thy own self be true, Shakespeare said, and Daniel was true to himself and his faith. And God honored it. We talk about Daniel. Most people in America have heard the story of Daniel in the lion's den, even if they've never been to church. We talk about the courage of Daniel. Do you want courage like Daniel? Then know which hill to build your life on where you take a stand in your faith of the Lord. I, I found mine for us. I'm sure there's some other ones. This might just be the beginning of a mountain range. I watch men I love and respect this week take strong stands. i respected men who've already taken strong stands about the church gathering, but there are certain men that aren't loud, as loud or as abrasive in their stands, and I watch one of them this week put forth, to speak for five minutes with a gentle spirit that the church gathers together, and that's that. And... When they said it, I knew what they are putting at risk, a lot of stuff. And they're not doing it randomly. This is four months into this stuff. And they basically said, whatever comes tomorrow, you know this, we're open, and we're going to be open. Now, that's their convictions for their large church, and I respect that. We don't know what tomorrow may bring for us or for them, but I was just like, wow. There just comes a point where you have to decide what hill am I going to stand on? Am I willing to live and die on with my faith? whatever comes. Think of Meshach, Shark, and Abednego. They refused to bow down to Nebuchadnezzar's statue. They interpreted the dream for him. And he said, no, I'm the gold statue. And he built it and said, everyone, listen to my DJ set and bow down. And they refused to do that. And he was so upset about it because he was like their close friends in the government. He gave him a second chance. and It's like, we're never, if we die in the fire, we die in the fire, but we're never going to bow down to that law. It was law. And they they wouldn't No. And they said, our God's able to deliver us. But even if he doesn't, we're going down in a flame with the courage of our faith. Valuable lessons, parenthetical thought tonight in the text. But Daniel gave thanks to God when he opened his window. See, it says in verse 10, Daniel gave thanks. So he was thanking the Lord, knowing he's going to be thrown in the lion's den. I wonder if I'd be thanking the Lord if I know I'm going to the lion's den. I wonder if we, Danny and Ryland and the rest of us here, would we be thanking the Lord if we knew what we were thanking him for that very moment? publicly without shame and courage we knew that was going to throw us in the lion's den but what better terms to be in the lion's den than knowing to thy own self be true and your faith and convictions with the lord that those are the right circumstances to be in the lion's den now we come forward to the new testament to the book of ephesians and as we turn to the book of ephesians i also want to tell you a little bit about jesus because jesus gives thanks interestingly enough uh publicly only a couple times in the gospels did you know that one is when he gave thanks for the breaking of bread with the feeding of the five thousand and the other time is when he ushered in the lord's supper when he took the passover feast he, he gave thanks and then he ushered in the new covenant he said this is me this is about me which is interesting because the one time that jesus sings in the bible in the historical record of jesus singing he was singing after what he gave thanks After he gave thanks to the Father with the bread and the cup, which we participate of in remembrance of him, after he gave thanks to the Father, he's singing a praise song with his apostles on the way to Gethsemane. Again, giving thanks and then singing praises with the apostles, those early leaders of the church. Now, in Ephesians chapter 5, we read this from the Holy Spirit uh, through the early church. We pick it up in verse 15 of chapter 5. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Do you want to be wise in COVID 19 and not be fools? I do. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Truer words were never spoken, right? Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Hmm, what is God's will? Well, let me tell you, when the Bible says this is the will of the Lord, the word the word of God is the will of the Lord. (laughs) But when it says this is the will of the Lord, that's a double emphasis. So what is what's the double emphasis for the word of the Lord? Do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation. In other words, be sober. Like it's time to be sharp, not inebriated. But be filled with the Spirit. So to be spirit filled, WG, Body of Christ. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So Danny, I was in here. I had private worship with Danny Donnelly indoors. I I get that privilege because, you know, I'm the pastor. But I'm singing these songs right here, making joyful medley in my heart singing songs he's he's singing songs to all of us that are watching him tonight live stream and outside and all this but i'm in here just going like and i'm he's leading me and leading us and singing spiritual songs we're singing psalms to one another because we're in the congregation together we're singing hymns and spiritual songs singing and making melody in our hearts to the lord giving thanks always so there it is there's the thanksgiving offering the sacrifice thanksgiving in the new testament it is connected to the will of God, singing joyfully, collectively, corporately in the church. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. Danny's here leading us in worship. The words are definitely thankful to the Lord. We're singing and making melody together. I'm in here. There's two or more. It's me, Danny, and Ryland. And there's WG out here, and all of you at home. This is the will of the Lord, and we're told to redeem the time for the days are evil. And in midst of redeeming the time for the days are evil, how do we redeem and know that time? And how do we fulfill the will of the Lord? To be spirit-filled, singing songs of praise with one another with thanksgiving to the Lord in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of the Lord. See, don't fear man, fear God. Philippians chapter 4, we read it last week, but we read it again. He says in verse 6, be anxious for nothing. Well, he actually said in verse 4, I want to pick up in verse 4 because it captures something. Look what he says in verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Now, I'm not going to be dogmatic and say this says sing, 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 but rejoicing is associated with singing. We've already seen that in the songs we covered tonight. Let your gentleness be made known to all men. The Lord is at hand. That's contextual. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So here we have the direct connection of thanksgiving, prayers of thanksgiving. So it helps us not to be anxious and giving what would make us anxious with thanksgiving to the Lord, to the Lord, so we can be at peace. And that peace of God surpasses all understanding, guards our hearts and minds it's beautiful. So we don't have, like I mentioned last week you don't have to understand it. We just know and believe by faith it is so. Now we read on in Colossians. These three letters by the way were written at the same time when Paul had lost personal freedoms. He was under house arrest when he wrote these. That's why they're called the prison epistles. Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians are clustered. Generally considered to be written between like 61 and 63 AD to these churches. And in Colossians we read in chapter 3 verse 15, chapter 3 verse 15 here we go. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Here we go. We got the peace again. There's that peace offering, uh, the macro one. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you are called in one body, one church, and be thankful. Be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. So here we go. We got peace, we've got thanksgiving, and we got psalms, hymns, and praises. Giving thanks twice, it's double emphasis in this verse. It's a key part of the early church. So we covered the Old Testament with thanksgiving and singing together. And we cover the New Testament, church age. Now, of course, you have Paul and Silas singing together, too. uh, But just really connecting thanksgiving and singing together, which we just did. And now, last but not least, I want to take you to the future, the destiny of the church. So we are going to go to the book of Revelation. In Revelation chapter 4, now I read some of this last week at the back end, but I want to read a little more again tonight and just wrap it up tonight with these verses. In Revelation chapter 4, that's where the Father's throne is, is in glory. And by the way, his throne is a rainbow. That's the real glory of the rainbow. When we suffer in eternity, the rainbow is not about rebellion. The rainbow is about his throne. And there at his throne, the four living creatures, they're so unique and special, they're of a different dimension. They are totally alien to our planet. We can't even comprehend their description. They're alien, but they're wholly alien. And those four living creatures, they're there. And they say, holy, 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 verse 8, Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him, to him who sits on the throne, then the 24 elders, which represent the church, bow down, and they say, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. Verse 11, you created all things, and by your will they exist and they're created. Listen, the Chinese government's wrong. All Marxist communist governments that are atheistic are completely wrong. They didn't make anything. The Soviet Union doesn't exist anymore, the USSR. It was a godless worldview, and it killed millions of innocent people. The long war against God with the politics and the governments of men has been going on since Cain killed Abel. And there are only two worldviews that were created with purpose and sustained by Jesus Christ for which we give thanks to the church or the one worldview that is against the existence of God. Now, the Antichrist system is a worldview with no place for God. The communist government of China has no place for allowing any belief other than that man is God and their government is God. Just ask the people in Hong Kong, okay? And why we do anything that that country is beyond my, my thinking. It's just... It's incredible. We have tens of thousands of brothers and sisters in China right now who are incarcerated, along with Muslims and any other religious belief, for believing in God or gods or a god or many gods. It's intolerant. Marxism and what's gone on in our country, and these people driving some of this stuff, it's intolerant. They're not, they're not like coexist. They're like, we can't exist. And the ultimate plan of the Antichrist is to eradicate the witness of the church from the planet but the Antichrist doesn't have to do it because he's not revealed until Jesus comes for us in the first place. But what did John say? The spirit of Antichrist is already at work. And we're looking at it in lawlessness. Because remember, all this lawlessness, the Antichrist, one of his names in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, is the lawless one. And the Bible tells us in the last days explicitly that lawlessness will increase. This is the times that we live in. These are days that surround us. And when they're praising the Father before the throne, the four living creatures, the 24 elders on behalf of the church, they say, you are worthy to receive glory and honor, for you created all things. And by your will, they exist and were created, including governments that are at war with God. Then in the next chapter, we read in verse 9, the 24 elders, now Jesus is the central point. It says, and they sang a new song, saying... You have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tongue, tribe, and nation, people, and nation and made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on the earth. So chapter four, the four living creatures are praising the Lord and giving him glory and honor and thanks, the four alien creatures. They're giving him thanks. Don't think alien in a bad way, think glorious beyond our comprehension. They're giving him thanks in verse nine. They're singing a new song to the Lord in verse uh, nine of chapter five. So chapter four, verse nine is that and the heavenly creatures before the throne chapter 5 is the 24 elders who are redeemed by the blood of the lamb which can only be the church but then there's one last verse here in chapter 7 these same 24 elders are are singing before the throne and they say they they're they're before the throne the angels and the the elders and the four living creatures are all there worshiping god saying in verse 12 of chapter 7 amen blessing glory wisdom thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our god forever and ever amen So there in verse 7 of Revelation, which is a heavenly scene outside our dimension, the four living creatures, the 24 elders, they're all, they're singing a new song. They're giving thanks, the four living creatures, and then the 24 elders are giving thanks in chapter 7. New song, praise, honor, glory, to worthy is the lamb, giving thanks, new song. So that is why we're thankful tonight, worship generation. That's our Thanksgiving offering that we bring to the Lord, our sacrifice Thanksgiving. We come with the peace offering, having made peace with God through faith in Jesus Christ. We come in peace because of Jesus Christ and what he does for us in our personal relationship. He promises peace. He gives us peace that no man can take. And with this peace established by faith, according to grace, through faith in Jesus Christ, each of us individually with the priesthood of each believer or the priesthood of our homes and our families, we can have peace in our home. We can have peace in our hearts and peace in our home. We can't necessarily always have peace with people outside of us who make bad laws and want to feed us the lions, but we can have peace because we know where we stand, who we believe in, and what our convictions are, what's right, what's wrong, no matter what governments say or do. We have peace. By the way, one more thing about China. They're trying, because they have a famine, they're trying to get the Christians to renounce their faith to receive their welfare checks. And by the way, a lot of people are becoming more dependent on welfare checks in this country, these government checks. The communist government is requiring these peasant Christians to renounce their faith to receive the checks from the government. That's what big governments do. They give you food, they set the terms by which you get it to renounce their faith. So, how'd you like to make those choices tonight, Body of Christ, in the United States of America? Our brothers and sisters face those choices right now in China. It's a fact. So we come with conviction and character, and we come and we sing praises to the Lord, and we come with thanksgiving. So we have the peace offering through Jesus Christ, and now we bring the sacrifice of thanksgiving by lifting up praises, spiritual songs, hymns, to one another, giving thanks and praise to the Lord from the, from the Psalms, the book of Psalms, right through to the heavenly scene in Revelation chapter 7 and everything in between. It's who we are. We're the people of faith, and that transcends the covenants of different timelines with the Lord, and it's completely fulfilled now with us in our faith with Jesus Christ in the year of our Lord, July 18th, 2020, in this place. So I hope you're encouraged. That's, that's, That's our sacrifice to Thanksgiving, WG, body of Christ. Be encouraged, and like Daniel opening that window, don't let any man or any woman or any threat or fear of man keep you from singing thanksgiving and praises to the living God. It's our destiny, and it's our opportunity and our joy.